Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Mac McManus, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, it's great to have you. We, uh, we've been trying to get together for a few weeks, and I'm glad you, we could get together today uh, in my house. It's the first time I've had somebody who's a, a business owner in Ashland as part of this downtown Ashland Association effort that's actually come to my house. Usually I, I go to them, so I appreciate your willingness to come out here. So what you're saying is Mac Daddy's in the house. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. It's more like a compound, man. Beautiful place you got here. It's, it's, uh, it's not bad. You know, once we got through security and <laughs> Secret Service agents out front and the canines, you know, we're, we're good. We're good. So did you grow up in the area? Actually, born in Fredericksburg. Okay. Raised in Woodbridge. Uh, migrated down um, this direction from businesses. I owned a couple of businesses in the past and um, wound up in Ashland, and it's been fantastic. I was actually going to dinner uh, at the Iron Horse and spotted uh, the facility that was for purchase or lease and made a phone call and... and um, was ironically was looking at a building in Caroline County and remembered that the service station it was a Chevron mm-hmm. was doing quite a bit of business at the time um, because my partner and I owned a tow company at the time mm. and towed quite a few vehicles down this direction as well we had an auto repair shop and a tow company so I sold the, the interest in that and then uh, Lori Miller and I started um, Max Service Center here in Ashland. So. so when you first saw the building, where were you living? I live in Doswell. So you, you were in Doswell at the time? Lived in Doswell, and I had started Max. Well, I left in another auto repair shop, sold my interest in that and the tow company, and was looking for a place. And it actually um, was about to put a contract on a, on a building at uh, Exit 104 at Carmel Church, mm-hmm. owned by a man named John Woodfin, a great guy, nice guy. But he wanted a vacation, and he was heck bent on heading south to go on vacation and said, ah, well, I'll look at your contract next week when I get back, the week after. And um, I kind of wanted to get the contract signed before he left. And um, so that Friday, was actually heading to dinner at uh, Iron Horse, and I turned around and went back. went back, and I said, that place is empty. I can't believe it's empty. Right in the middle of town. I love Ashland. I just thought it was a great little town. I said, hmm, I know what we do and how we do it. And um, thought, wow, that would be bringing customer service back to a gas station like they used to. Yeah. And when I was a little kid, my dad had a, a service station friend, a friend that owned a service station. I remember getting our car service there when I was five, six years old. It was a big treat to get stay in the car and get put up on a lift, <laughs> which you can't do nowadays. <laughs> if you ever, everything, yes, yeah. everything's in bubble oh, wrap absolutely. now. Yeah. But uh, I thought, wow, that'd be really kind of cool. And I started looking at it and getting ideas of how to expand it, and um, you know, it was just it was a it was a blessing. I really believe God brought us mm. to Ashland because. I started the Max Service Center in off Bermuda Triangle, believe it or not, Bermuda Road down in Chester. Yep. While I was trying to get the deal done, I wanted to stay in the Caroline County, Hanover right here area because I already had some customer base up here from my previous business. And um, 
yeah, like I said, it's, it's like God brought us to Ashland because it was amazing how quickly Ashland accepted us. It was a different kind of th- thing. It was auto repair. We call it a dealership alternative. Mm. Um, had some dealership background. I worked for dealers. Worked for Chevrolet dealership. I think a lot of the luck Chevrolet over there are the good people. Um, we have a great working relationship. And I just knew that um, the type of service where we had shuttle service and we cleaned the car after service and uh, loan our cars and, and, and we just kind of built on Lori um, brought uh, a background where she's she's very organized and she can handle the aspects of the business I don't want any part of. <laughs> so we make a really, really good team. And um, actually when I came to Ashland, I made some phone calls from guys that worked with me in the past and they said, oh, absolutely. And so they came down to work, technicians came to work for us. One one has since retired basically and one is still employed with us at right here in Ashland. And um, we've got several others that have been there. You know, we were talking about it today. I six, seven, eight, nine plus years that have been with us, and um, not counting Andrew, who's been around forever. It's fantastic to have that kind of structure is still in place after all these years. Yeah. One, they're fantastic technicians. Two, the guys in the office, Charles and Mike, they understand what we want as customer service. You're a customer. Yeah, I'm absolutely a customer, and I will always come to you guys. Well, I, I thank you. I appreciate that. It's, you know, I've always said um, nobody's perfect. There was only one that was perfect, and he got nailed to a crossover. Yeah. But if it's in your heart to want to do it right, then you're going to do it right. When you make a mistake, you own up to it, and you make it right. And that's what separates whether I go into a restaurant or I go into another business of any kind. That what separates the truly good and, and bad is how you handle it when a problem arises. And to me, that's that's what happened. If I get a defective part, I'm not making that customer pay for it again. Yeah. So we decided many years ago that most quality repair shops have a one-year warranty. The dealers have a one-year warranty on their work. So we stepped up and we went two years. Well, as competition increased in our industry in the area, we jumped it up even further. We're a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty, which is just unheard of. Right. And so we've we've added pieces here and there and here and there to continue to grow the business and just try to give you more value for the dollar that you spend. That's uh, I, I, I'm not kidding just because we're being recorded right now saying that I, I will always come to you guys because your customer service is fantastic. Your prices are always reasonable. I never feel like there's some little game that you guys are playing with, with pricing. I feel like I get a fair price every single time, and the work has been fantastic. And I, lo- and I love seeing the same faces. Yeah, it's, it's really a blessing to have those guys. And Charles uh, is like a brother to me. And um, Mike, who I've actually known longer than Charles because he worked for me at that previous business, um, I know that they have a good heart, and I know that they understand customer service. I know that they're going to try to give that customer the same feeling that I would give them. And that is important because, yeah, I live in this area, and if I go into the grocery store 
and so and somebody hey you guys just took care of my mom you know just worked on her car thank you i appreciate it hey you, you've been pumping her fuel when she pulls up and it, it makes me feel good inside you know i don't have to put on a coat to hide my name tag <laughs> when i walk into a place and um i've got some guys that work for me now that that have told me that they would change clothes before they went where they were working at before mm. and that's not a local shop that's uh, right, that. right, right. Yep. i know most of the shop owners in ashland and they are very very good people they treat the, their employees well and they treat their customers well um it, it, what makes us different is i believe that we stay ahead of technology as well as the, trying to stay ahead on the customer service i i brought in my toyota tundra i brought in my daughter's prius v I brought in my son's old Tacoma, and you guys never have an issue with any kind of car we bring in there. Well, we believe in training. We believe in equipment. And um, back in 2010, um, we got into hybrids and electric vehicles, and that opened up a whole new area of understanding electronics and and high voltage. And so... I went back to my roots as, as a dealership technician and said, you know, we need to stay up on this technology. So I, um, Lori and I got together and said, look, I said, I, there's a classes for this new technology in North Carolina. I need to take a, a week because the classes are 40 hours long, 40 hours long. And she was like, oh, absolutely. I, I believe that's the right thing to do. So I took off and went to North Carolina for a week, put in my 40 hours, and I just came back. My head just just engulfed with all the ideas of where we could take this thing. And then the next class that came available, I, t- I took that one, and the next class, and the next class. And then I took that newfound information and I went to our technicians. I said, okay, here's the profile. I worked it all out and we laid it out and we started a training program and with equipment. And now it's it's kind of snowballed. We've, um, we bought the second shop up in Zion's Crossroads and we were able to... Um, teach our shop foreman up there hybrid and hybrid technology and he he passes that on to our technicians and ashlyn uh, our senior tech became our shop foreman and he had passed that information down as well so we we stay involved in it and like you said the prius v i mean there's a lot of shops that they raise the hood on it or even find out that it's a hybrid they don't want any, anything to do with it yeah and rightfully so on to some degree that if you don't have the training you don't have the right equipment it's high voltage so it's nothing to play around with you yeah. so praise god that it that he, he granted me the wisdom to say okay this is an area you want to start working towards and that was in 2010 and here we are 22 and there's crazy amount of data in cars now i mean it's most cars have 20 25 modules in them that need to be reprogrammed and uh, and what we call learned <laughs> uh, to teach each vehicle what the communication between the driver and the vehicle and then the subsystems your abs brakes your traction control and all that so it's there's a lot to stay up with but we we're like kids we're like eat it up with candy we're car guys yeah i was gonna say what what is it about cars that got your attention because it sounds like you've been adjacent or actually fixing cars uh most of your adult life were you the kind of kid that tinkered with cars when you were 16 17 um, God rest their souls. My mom and dad have both passed, but 
think my parents knew it long before I did because I was taking apart old stereos and old TVs <laughs> and I was making giant speakers and and uh, trip wires to scared us not out of my sister <laughs> if she came into my room i had a device that was set up and just blare the loudest fog hat and slow ride music or something you could you possibly or or van halen running with the devil i mean i was i was into electronics and technology at an early age my parents were much older when i was was born my mom was 44 my dad was 42 so my dad would be 100 if he was still alive this year oh wow in november and it was and my so my grandparents had passed um, when I, by the time I could walk and talk, and and I found out that my father, I was named after my father, James Tyrant, James Tyrants McManus. I thought that the day or two that I missed a gentleman, go by Mac. Uh, but I was named after my grandfather, James Tyrants McManus, and ironically, he had an auto repair shop service station. Oh wow! And I, I had no idea, you know, growing up. And um, my dad told me, he said, you know, when I wound up here in Ashland, he says that's just ironic that you've you know, gone this route. My dad retired from Quantico, my mom from the Pentagon. Mm. Um, actually, she moved to Eisenhower Avenue from the Pentagon. But uh, I wasn't in the military. Thank you for your service again, Paul. Yeah. But the automotive, yeah, it's been it's been in my blood. And um, I went to work for Chevrolet when I was 17. They sent me to GM Training Center. Um, at 17, I got certified, my first certification at 17. Wound up in my own apartment. My mom and dad uh, had retired and was at the my high school graduation with U-Haul. Hmm. They hugged me when I came off a of stage, and they started the truck and went to Florida. They retired, went to Florida. So you were eighteen, and your parents were in a different I was state. Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Um, Holy so I graduated cow. in June of nineteen eighty-two. I'm fifty-eight years old, and uh, my birthday was in June. So about two weeks after my birthday, or two weeks after graduation, I turned 18. Mm. But I'd already had my own apartment, and I had a career. I was set. I was working for Chevrolet, and I was, I was excited. And, and you liked what you did. I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. I mean, I, I was in high school. Um, I would come into work, and there would be you know, a task for them that they had signed me, and they would let me... Um, work on cars and and, and uh i it, yeah i was a, i was a technician uh, i was assistant to a technician i started a new car get ready started used car department they found out i was working on cars they said get the kid out of the used cars put him over new cars so t- taking money away from the service department so put me in new car get ready which you check the cars in when they came in oh, that's a kid's dream i'm 17 years old driving new irocs and and new corvettes and uh, and you know trucks off the off the line going to high school and picking up my girlfriend and taking them for a ride. <laughs> Got caught doing that. Um, but it was, started doing on warranty work. So if you had warranty repairs, you sent her a new car department. We did um, all the warranty repair work on them. And I had a great technician that took me under his wing. Mm. And, um, you know, I was building my tools set. I started with a small craftsman box and worked my way up and into like a snap-on toolbox and started getting the quality tools. And we had a really good week. He would walk me out on a snap-on truck, and he'd say, "All right, young man, go pick you out something." And uh, so it was, it was a lot of bonding, and uh, and he saw something in in me early on that said, "Hey, you know, this young kid looks like he's he's got this figured out." And so he would send me to schools and send me 
to classes one I think it was classes he didn't want to take so we <laughs> come back and contribute to the department and then by the time I was 18 19 they had taken me out of the new car department and put me on what they call the line so you actually started doing work one I didn't mind working on Saturdays because I wanted to get everything I can had a, had a rent payment to it for the department right but um, I just didn't turn things down and um, the front end man and over the front end department I had a choice um, there was the automatic transmission man I could work beside him to kind of understudy on him work on the line and then I would kind of tutor under him his name was Floyd, an older guy, nice guy in the world, but he would get so nasty, filthy with burnt transmission fluid. I looked at him going home every night with that stinking transmission fluid on him, and I looked at the front-end man going home every night in a clean uniform. Of course, mm. he changed uniforms before he went home every evening. And I said, hmm, a whole lot had less headaches over there. So I studied over there under the front-end man. I was working on my own, but I would relieve if he was a had a day off he had trained me how to um cross trained me on how to do the front end work so when he took a day off i was doing the front end work and i just thought well that's that's awesome yeah then i got recruited by a good friend of mine's father to leave the chevy dealership which i was comfortable at and go to work for ford mm. and that's like a cowboys washington rivalry no i ford. get it and to make matters worse, that was in um, Falls Church, Virginia. Coons Ford, the world's largest Ford dealer at the time. Right. Up in Seven Corners. It was like a duck out of the water. I went from a small hometown uh, Chevy dealership to <laughs> this giant dealership, like 40 bays. 40, mm. 40, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was, it was team system. It had like six teams, five guys on a team. I was, and, and the things that repaired Chevrolets didn't repair Fords. The, uh, hey, I got the symptoms on this on on the repair order. Oh, I know exactly what that is. It's a, it's an EGR valve. That's bad. That on a Ford, no, it wasn't. It was going to be a plate, carboned up up underneath the intake. It's oh. just different things. So I had a lot to learn, and traffic. Didn't know anything about traffic. That's awful up there, oh, even oh, back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, I had to get up at 4 in the morning to catch a ride with that the leader of the team at 5 a.m. in a Dale City commuter lot and run up the road. And it just, I, I, like I said, I, was, I felt like a duck out of water. I wasn't comfortable. Uh, I wanted to go back to GM, so I did. I wound up leaving and went back to Chevrolet. But you all work on everything now, right? Yeah, I left Chevrolet and went to the independent side, and I just... You know, there's this, um, and there's there's some truth to, to it, that the dealership works on the same brand of cars over and over and over again, so they get more familiar with that that brand of car. And like I said, there's a lot of good dealership techs, um, but they get more comfortable with that, and then the parts department stocks that. So when I left and went to an independent, um, my diagnostic skills improved big time because there wasn't the, the normal symptom that the one repair fixed all. Right. And I found that out when I left and went to Ford, but when I got an independent, it became much, much more obvious that, you know, you, you didn't have to rely on your experiences that you've already seen that you needed to develop a patented way to attack a problem. And 
checking reading wiring diagrams. I, I'm much better at reading wiring diagrams when I left the, the, the dealership world because I had to have those printouts and you know, years ago, back in the day, <laughs> before I had all those gray air, uh, you had books. You had to open up a book and Chilton's manuals mm-hmm. or motor manuals and you opened them up and you found the wiring diagram and you went well, through it. When you had the independent, you had factory manuals. And the factory manuals stretched out, stretched out, stretched out until we got into computers and then you started printing everything. But the diagnostic side on the independent was because if you didn't have that that system in place that to, to go check point A to point B and backtrace and troubleshoot and look for shorts, um, you were lost mm. because you didn't have that factory material. You'd had to go try to research for, and hope that your encyclopedia of manuals covered the model of the vehicle you're working on. In today's world, technicians would not survive without the data that you pay for subscriptions for to get all that information and have it at your fingertips. Yeah, just hook it up, right? No, I'm talking about um, the data. So um, You're not talking about the diagnostics. You're talking about... Yeah, the, and that and thanks for bringing that up because that's a, that's another thing. Um, a lot of the auto parts stores will do a code read. They'll do a, what we call a scan or a code read. They'll plug this twenty dollar, forty dollar scanner in, and it gives them a code. Mm. The code that because the little check engine light, the romantic glow of the check <laughs> engine light, that circuit picked up the fault. But that doesn't mean that sensor's failed. A lot of times that sensor's actually working when it picked up that fault. Mm-hmm. So just because you get a code for, say, an oxygen sensor um, doesn't mean that sensor's failed. That meant that that's the circuit that picked up the fault. So a, a less experienced technician's going to throw an oxygen sensor in it. Uh, a skilled technician's going to start go to, to a real scanner right. and pull the data and start looking at the fuel trims. And the fuel trims are how rich or how lean uh, the fuel that's entering and crossing that that sensor. And I've got a perfect example because this actually happened, and, and I won't say the lady's name. But I had a lady come in Ashland, and, and I love this story because I tell it all the time. She came in Ashland, and she said, I need you all to run a diagnostic on my car. I said, yes, ma'am, we're glad to do that. What kind of problem are you having? She goes, that stupid money light is on. <laughs> And I said, you mean the check engine light? She goes, yes, the stupid money light. She goes, I went to AutoZone or one of the parts stores, Advancer, AutoZone, one of the one of the nice guys over there, one of those parts stores. Right. And they scanned it for her, and they sold her an oxygen sensor. So she went home, and she bought a 12-pack and gave the neighbor a 12-pack to put the sensor in. Well, that didn't take care of the problem because the sensor wasn't the problem. So she was back up at one of the independent auto stores. And um, they scanned it, and it was an oxygen sensor code. Well, her car had four sensors in it. So she bought the second one, stopped and got another 12-pack. Neighbor was nice enough that weekend to put, put that one in. Check-in's like, come back on. She goes back up there, and she buys another oxygen sensor. She asked them, how many sensors does my car have? She, they told her four. But we're sure it's this one. We're sure it's this one. So they sold her the third one. She went home with another amount of beer. I don't know if it was a 12-pack, so I'm not going to say. She went home, and, of course, it didn't. She came in. She said, I've had it. I've had it. Uh, stupid money's light on. I want a real diagnostic done by professionals. Tell me what's wrong with my car. She goes, because 
my neighbor's getting drunk and my car's not getting <laughs> fixed. And all it was, once we were actually ran the diagnostics, and yes, it had an ox sensor code in it, just like they'd said. But the reason ox sensor code was on, was on is there had mouse had chewed through a vacuum line. Mm. So it was sucking vacuum in, therefore leaning out the mixture that the oxygen sensor was detecting that was crossing it. So the fuel trims were, were way out of whack. Yeah. And once we, we saw the fuel trims out of whack, we started looking for what could cause that, whether it was a stuck injector, whether it was a vacuum leak, or what have you. We hit the uh, vacuum leak with a smoke machine. We, we pressurized it with a nitrogen and inert gas and ultraviolet uh, light and glasses. And lo and behold, wait at the back of the engine, there's a smoke coming up, mm. the magic smoke. Mm. Technician took a mirror, went back there to find out where the magic smoke was coming, and a mouse rodent hit that debris back there and saw where he'd chewed through the vacuum hose. Fixed her vacuum leak for $2. You know, $2 <laughs> worth of rubber hose. And um, neighbor's probably not happy with us because he's not getting any more free beer. <laughs> but true story. Uh, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, the pandemic for, for you guys, what was that like? Brutal. Mm. We were averaging at each location 90 plus cars a week. When the pandemic hit, we dropped to 30, 35 cars a week. And we had a phenomenal crew of technicians. We did not want to lose any of them. And um, we filed for the PPP money and, and took care of our staff. Uh, we just absolutely knew that this tide would turn eventually and you can't replace quality technicians. You just can't, you can't find them. And the guys that have committed this much time to us, we wanted to, to commit to them. And so we took care of them as well. And praise the Lord, you know, it, it took actually longer in Ashland to bounce back. Um, some more auto repair shops started in the area. So you know, we had to share that amount of business that with all the other repair shops and um in doing so the car count started coming back up started coming back up coming back up at the other store is much more rural it's out like i said it's out in the country and there's not as many auto repair shops out there so it it bounced back up much quicker it's probably i recall like june so march it hit and everybody's oh my gosh what are we going to do um, because nobody was getting in their cars. Right. No nobody was driving. People staying home. Uh, and it took probably three times as long for it to, to, to recover in Ashland than it did at, at the uh, Zion's Crossroads Troy location. So it sounds like it was really, really bad initially, but it sounds like you came back, looking back at it, reasonably quickly. We did. We jumped in on the bandwagon of cleaning everything. Um, we came up with some great ideas on no contact, touchless. Uh, we still will shuttle cars back and forth for customers. Um, you know, guys, uh, people that weren't comfortable, we, you know, we were offering to put the keys in the floor mat. We'd, we'd contact them and um, bill out the stuff on a credit card, and they could pick them up after hours. But we didn't like this. the whole... Um, premise of putting the keys underneath the floor mat and not locking a vehicle up. Mm. So we checked to make sure they had spare keys. Uh, Lori and I went to a conference down in last, 
this was 2021 in uh, Nashville for Tire Pros. And Tire Pros had reached out to us on a couple occasions about uh, joining their, their program. And at the conference, we spotted this amazing device that helped with that fear of customers wanting to have that contact with, with the service advisor coming into the office. So we've got a lot of older uh, clientele as well. Um, it was neat. I called it the vending machine. And outside on our wall at both of our locations, you can make your repairs. We can text you your, your bill. You can pay it through the text or email or just call in a credit card number. And once you've paid it, we can generate a code and we can go out to the vending machine, put your keys in the vending machine, give you the code. And after hours, you come up, hit the button, doo -doo -doo, and the keys drop. It's brilliant. I thought it was awesome. And yeah. it, it, it solved that contact and, uh, issue with folks that are, that are you know that are at risk and then have to be careful. So yeah, we we try to look for an innovative ways to um, do things that would set us apart from most repair shops. And like I said, our early tagline we, we kind of stuck with was a dealership alternative. Um, Lori came up with, and I got to give her credit card. So it was pretty neat. It was um, cars are our specialty, but services are passion, and um, I I like that. So that actually was out on our, our repair order as as one of the taglines. So when you picked up your vehicle, that was that was our, our motto. Was, yeah, I like that too. Yeah, it's a good motto. Yeah. Cool. Uh, how how long did it take to get back to complete normal like it was prior to market twenty? I don't know that there will ever be a... So you're not there yet? I'd say we're within 10% okay. um, of the volume. Um, some days it's it seems like it's much busier than, than, than that. Um, we've been very blessed to have this clientele. With our rewards program, it's another something that sets us apart. Um, customer referrals, we get a lot of customer referrals. Customers recommend us to other folks. And what I have said is that in Ashton, with all the different repair shops, there's a repair shop for for somebody in Ashton. Mm. If you prefer to bring your own parts, if you want this, if it, there's no matter what, there's a type of repair shop that's that fits your lifestyle, your budget, or um, the way you want things done. And like I said, I'm, I know majority of the shop owners; they're really good people. Yeah. So. You know, if, if, if I've got a customer that we've had for and wants to go try another repair shop, hey, you know, let me know if you need to, to send your documents from a previous repair so maintenance, your new shop will have that maintenance history on it. And if, if you go over there and, and you you just like the rapport that you had with Charles or Mike, we welcome you back, absolutely. So we're not, we're not, the dire straits that we thought things were looking in yeah, 2020 yeah. were not quite there, but we're, we're you know, some days it's, it's over and above. Sometimes it's, it's the 10%. And I, th I think a lot of that is to do with people driving less. They're working from home more. Yeah. That, that's probably exactly what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, which is weird. Cause I, I don't think that's good for society either. Just a little aside. People need to be together. Uh, to flourish, I think. Not all the time, but getting together, 
pretty consistently matters. And people that are, have been in their homes for two and a half years, it's just not good for their mental health. I hope we get back to what was normal in 2019. Uh, for sure. All right. Uh, you mentioned your affinity for Ashland when you went to Iron Horse to eat and you, and you couldn't believe that where you are now in Ashland was available. What is it about Ashland that you like so much? A small town feel. Like I said, um, whether you're in a grocery store or um, I'm in Qantas, um, the different projects that we do, um, you know, it, it's fun. I've got uh, two see Ashland through the Ashland street parties. I've got a great friend that was the head of our Bible study years and years ago that had moved to, he's a, um, he's an attorney with capital one mm-hmm. and he got relocated out to Texas. He just came back. So if you're listening, Dan Earhart, welcome back brother. <laughs> um, who's moved in over on Duncan street. Mm-hmm. And he just, when he, we were supposed to have lunch and his work and my work kind of prevented that. But we're going to catch up here soon. Brought his car in as soon as he got back from Texas. We, we serviced the car, and he said, you know, I just love this whole small-town feel. And I said, brother, you haven't seen nothing yet. I mean, it's got some uniqueness to it like no other. I said, it's it's a it's a feeling of that small town with all the craziness going on outside in the world. Believe me, Ashland's got it's crazy, too. Sure. But when I grew up, you pitched in and helped your neighbor. And you see that. You see people out there raking leaves. You see people out there um, in the wintertime. God forbid we have a hard winter this year. Mm. Farmers don't arm and neck. I don't want to talk about El Nino's <laughs> and everything else. But you'll see somebody jump in and help somebody shovel their driveway. You see that. Somebody needs to lift somewhere. You see that. And this whole country's gone away from that. Yeah. You know, like you're saying, secluded and, and working from home, I think you do need to get outside and see. And I think the kids need to turn off the video games and get outside and play a little bit more. But that's what you see in Ashland. It's so inviting to be outside, to walk around. Um, my wife and I have actually driven downtown Ashland to walk. I had a hip replacement in 2019. Oh, did you really? And when I come time to walk, you, yeah, I'm out in the country, you know. Walking downtown Ashland, especially in August, <laughs> yeah. was much nicer than walking around or up and down the yards and fields and everything else out where I live. But it's just that feel. Like I said, from the Ashland street parties to the Friday nights, to our first Fridays. I mean, there's just so much. There's always something going on in Ashland. You don't have to drive to Richmond. You don't have to drive to Shore Pump. Now, granted, there's a lot of nice places, not in, uh, nice shopping down there. But if you just want to get outside and go for a walk, Ashland's a beautiful little town. I think it's probably the best place in the world to take a walk. See, I, I'm biased because I grew up in Ashland, but uh, yeah, I love the town. I, I uh, raised here and haven't left. It's been 53 <laughs> years. What What do the next five to ten years look like for you? You guys, you think? You know the the technology. I think we're going to stay on technology. Um, that's one of the things I missed at the COVID. Um, shut down. I had a class scheduled for ADOS. Um, and ADOS, I don't, for those of you who are not familiar with it, it's basically all your lane departures and mm. uh, your camera systems in cars. Um, a lot of cars, flip turn signal on, a camera lights up and that shows. Telematics. Um, I had a class scheduled for that and it was canceled for COVID. Uh, the programming, the 
the software and all that stuff where it's going driver driverless car i mean assisted driving the car driving itself that technology is here and it's here to stay hybrid electric cars electric cars it's growing we're way ahead of the curve on that but if you have to continue training to for the new criteria and the new equipment and the new testing and that's where we're focusing on is we're looking down the road to, to make sure that we're we don't have a customer that comes in and say you went out and bought something you bought yourself a a new um if you say you, Tesla? whatever you say i'm gonna go get I do. Did you say I, Tesla? I do like the Teslas. <laughs> I do too. I actually started looking at them yesterday. The Rivian, um, Rivian. There, I mean, Lucid. There's so many um, new electric vehicles out there. Uh, you know, GM, Ford, uh, Chrysler. Every manufacturer out there is building an electric car now. I think they have to to survive. Well, the government mandated you know um, quotas to hit for your miles per gallon. You know, if you've got a uh, Ford Super Duty or you've got a, a Duramax and, and 3500 HD uh, or even, you know, the Ram, and you're not hitting the gas quota or fuel mileage quota on, on your diesels as well on those vehicles. So you've got to make up the difference somewhere. So you've got these little turbocharged four-cylinder engines mm. now and the hybrid vehicles and now electric cars electric cars you take that so much out of the equation you kind of shift that um between your your big super trucks and an electric car so you can make up some of that ground where they they're not hitting the government mandated across the board right miles per gallon um that's where i see technology going and i see us staying right with it and sticking with it the pace of change has to be crazy now with technology as opposed to say 20 years ago yeah it's Many years ago, I told a customer, he said, I need you to check the time on my car. I said, well, I said, the computer kind of controls the time. There's no time and light like it was. It was an older gentleman. And he said, what? I said, he said, yeah, your car doesn't have a distributor that you have to adjust. And there's no time and light to use. It's all done electronically through the computers and everything. I said, now if you actually get low on antifreeze, you can change your RPMs and the timing and everything. He looked at me like I had three heads. And, <laughs> So, yeah, technology 20 years ago was was not where it is now. Thank you, thankfully. Um, I feel it's some ways it's improved. Some ways it's it's made things a bit of a mess. Mm. You know, the, the expense of those repairs is outrageous compared to what it was back in the day. Mm. But you don't have some of the maintenance that you had back in the day. You know, a lot of cars don't have um, spark plugs or spark plug wire, excuse me, and um, distributors. So you don't have stripper capillaries. You don't have the points. You still got spark plugs, but you don't have all the wires running all over the place. You've got coil packs that are bolted right over top of the spark plugs. There's there's so much. Yeah. You know, uh, timing belts uh, came in for a long period of time and and it phased out to chains, so you you don't have to worry about a, a timing belt replacement on a lot of vehicles. Uh, some cars don't even have chains that they're they're going to electronic solenoids to operate the valve. So there's so much change. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. And um, but one thing I do see is the expense on the repairs. The repairs have gotten more expensive. Mm. The maintenance is less on a car. But one of the areas that is real concern um, is the 
dreaded uh, oil change life. You know, algorithms, they've come up with ideas, and, and manufacturers started competing because there was only so many backup cameras and, and um, uh, maps and electronics and heated seats that they could put in a car. They started competing on maintenance. My brand A takes less maintenance than your brand B. You can change the oil on, on my car every 10,000 miles. And this one says 15,000. This one says, oh, you only have to change the oil on once a year. You can drive 30,000 miles in a year. Engines, we're replacing more engines in the last 10 years than, than we have many, many years ago. Because the rule of thumb back in the day was change oil every 3,000 miles. Right. Well, then you got better oil, you have better engines, tighter tolerances and everything else. And oil changes, realistically, synthetic oils you can go 5,000 plus miles on problem is is the guy that procrastinated on his oil change at 3,000 miles is now procrastinating procrastinating on the oil change at 5, 8, and 10, and now he's not checking the oil level. And the oil's already turned into sludge. Yeah. (laughs) And it's losing oil. The rings are worn, so it's, it's consuming much more oil. And because he's not raising the hood to check the oil, the engines are failing. They're failing right and left on on models. And you take somebody that's changing the oil regularly, much more often than they tell you, um, that you have to, you know, that you could get away with. Those engines are are lasting. Yeah, you know, we've cu- we have customers that say, really, this loaner car has three hundred thousand miles on it. <laughs> and yeah, it's original engine, and we changed the oil. We've taken care of it. We changed the oil religiously, and we changed the transmission fluid oil religiously, and. That's what makes things last. They don't wear. Very cool. Mac, how can people find you, those that are listening to you right now? Well, um, it's real easy. Obviously, um, everybody loves Google. You hit uh, Mac's Service Center, Ashland. Um, You can, um, let's see, you hit Mac's Service Center. You could hit just... um, Hashtag Max Logo. That was one way of pulling it up. We had um, created this hashtag Max Logo. It would pull you to our Facebook page or to our to our website. The um, other thing is we're right here in Ashland. I don't know how far. You're right in the middle of everything. We have on our, one of our on old messages. It says um, we're in the center of I'm the sorry. center of the universe. <laughs> it was funny because when we did that bit for... Um, our on hold message it um we were we were really starting in 2010 when we really started hitting the electronics and and the, the hybrids the message was we were so advanced on, on technology that don't be surprised the space shuttle landed at, at max. <laughs> and it's actually still on, it's still on whole our old message sometimes that's awesome well mac thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate hey, it i had fun yeah, this is great, man. Yeah, glad you didn't get me talking about fishing. I really could talk. You wouldn't be well, you can, come, you can come back when we do something away from Max Service Center and we can just talk about you. I don't do that. Or we can just talk about fishing. We'll talk fishing. All right, perfect. I love to fish. Thanks, Mac. I really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.